Good morning and welcome. As we celebrate the 4th of July today, please join us in singing this song. Thank you, you can have a seat. together as we prepare to worship. Lord, as we come together today to worship you, I pray that you would help us to be thankful for our freedom, to be ever mindful of the reality that here we can share your name without fear, that here we are free to worship you and to assemble together. And so, Lord, as we thank you for that this morning, I also pray for places across the globe that do not experience that freedom. I pray that you would help us learn to spread your truth with a world who desperately needs it, understanding that true change is only going to come when we submit to your plan and when you get your way. So, Lord, I pray that your will would be executed in our lives and in our reach so that we can show your love to a world who needs it, so that we can show your love to each other, and that by that love they will know you are, that we are your children. So it is in that precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.
morning. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Look at all of you with your red, white, and blue. I thought, hmm, what's more American than a Texas tuxedo? Denim on the top, denim on the bottom. Thank you very much. <laughs> we are getting back into the swing of things post-COVID, starting to open up, super excited. So I have some announcements for you all about opening up. First, don't forget, I'm offering giving. You can do that a few different ways. You can do it online at give.murrayhill.church. You can text to give. You can mail in your giving to 4300 Post Street. Different ways to do that. So as members, just a reminder, it's an act of worship. We continue giving to the church. All right, here are our exciting announcements. Here we go. First one, deacons. We, are, we have extended the deacons nomination uh, process to today. So if you have someone you would like to nominate to be considered as a deacon, there is a box right outside the Welcome Center. There are forms, and you can fill in your form and put it in the box. Children's Sunday School, starting July 20, no, July 18th, we are going to be opening up. So for preschool kids, there's going to be one in-person class. Um, for elementary age kids, there's going to be two in person, um, divided by age, and there will still be one online. So if you join us um, online, if you live too far away, if you're just not quite comfortable yet, you have an in-person and an online option. And there's also going to be extended daycare during worship. So that starts July 18th. All right. Adult Wednesday nights. You guys are going to start meeting in person July 21st. Hey, yeah. So there's also going to be a Zoom option, though, if, again, if you're not comfortable quite yet coming back out into the community. If you live a little bit too far away to drive in, you'll still have a Zoom option. But July 21st, adults, you guys will be meeting. Youth group, in person. During the summer, we do a high school book study. So we are studying um, a book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. So youth, if you have completed grades 9 through 12, we are meeting on Wednesdays from 6 to 7.45. So it's all exciting, getting back to regular in-person stuff. Um, so if you have any questions about any of those, you can email us at info at murrayhill.church, um, and we will answer any questions you have, get you information. If you need Zoom links, we have Zoom links. If you need meeting times, we have meeting times. Just let us know. Um, also, July 19th, we have a new members class. So that will also be in person and on Zoom um, at 6.30. So if you have questions, again, info at murrayhill.church. Shoot us an email. Um, we'll answer your questions, get you connected there. Okay. Last one. Day of worship. July 25th, Sunday, July 25th. We are going to have a day of worship. Um, so if you haven't been here for a day of worship, it's just a time where we take a little pause. We spend this service together worshiping, and we're also going to have some celebrations. We have some baptisms, um, and we're going to have communion together. So July 25th, day of worship. Okay, that was a lot. If you have questions, again, let us know. Info at murrayhill.church. Ask one of us after church. We'll be happy to answer your questions. So as I mentioned in youth group, we are reading this book. It's called Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit, and it's by Francis Chan. Um, and so I texted the group this morning and said, hey, here's a, here's a passage that stood out for me. Has anything stood out for you? So I thought I'd just share. The idea is sometimes we forget that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and it's not just 
Um, he's not just a God that we go to when we, when we need things or when something bad happens, but we get to walk with God dwelling inside of us every minute of every day, every breath that we take. And he gives us, Francis Chan gives us this little reminder. Without the Holy Spirit, people operate in their own strength and only accomplish human-sized results. The church is not empowered to live differently from any other gathering of people without the Holy Spirit. But when believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. The church cannot help but be different. The world cannot help but notice. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being a God bigger than any circumstance. And thank you for being a God who loves us so much that you dwell inside of us. And I just pray this morning that you would be honored and that you would be worshiped and that your spirit would be here. Thank you for the opportunity to walk with you and, and to talk with you and to have an intimate relationship with you. I'm just so thankful for that and for your love. I just pray for these next few minutes, God, that you would be honored. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
song just now um, when we hear God take us back um, every time we've sung that song before I've always thought God take us back back to a time when the church was simple when it was all about just pursuing you but that time I heard it differently and I heard God take us back so if you if you've been struggling with your relationship with God if you've been so focused on the ways of this world like we all do from time to time we just lose focus and we run astray you know we're, we're the sheep that gets lost we turn around and say God take us back I know you're still there waiting with open arms just like the prodigal son doesn't matter where you are what you've been doing what's going on in your mind in your heart in your life God is always there to take you back, no matter what you've done. He's always there to take us back.
thank you that you see us through rose-colored glasses. And Father, I pray that this time would be everything you want it to be. That you would be pleased and honored and glorified. I pray that your spirit open our hearts and our minds to you. I pray that today would be a day of transformation for us. Bless this time and use it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, happy Independence Day to you. This is uh, the day we celebrate uh, when the people that started our country decided they had enough. We, uh, I, this morning on Facebook, um, pictures came up from 2013. And on July 4th, 2013, Ladina and I were in London. And um, we were at the hotel, and I asked the woman at the desk, I said, well, where are the fireworks displays tonight? And she looked at me like I had three noses. And I was like, oh yeah, you're not going to be interested in that, are you? And so, but Roger likes our celebration, so it's, it's, it's good. So I think sometimes, though, we look at this holiday from a very small lens, and, and I think we need to look at it in a much broader lens. Um, I think that sometimes... Um, we forget what's going on in the rest of the world and become so focused on ourselves that we forget what's really going on. Today, 340 million, I'll say that again, 340 million Christians woke up in countries where it's illegal for them to worship God. That's almost as many people as we have in our whole population. Christians who woke up today and it's illegal for them to worship. So, I have a list of the top 50. I'll only read the top 10. The top 10 countries where it is illegal to worship, where it is most dangerous to worship. The first one is North Korea, which I don't think surprises us. Afghanistan is number two. Somalia is number three. Libya is number four. Pakistan, number five. Eritrea, which is a country in Africa. Yemen, number seven. Iran, number eight. And ironically, percentage-wise, Christianity is growing faster in Iran than any other place in the, country, in the world. Number nine is Nigeria. Number 10 is India. And so I, I, I tell you that because a couple of things. I think it is absolutely essential that we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because, see, sometimes we get so narrow-focused that we forget we're a part of something much greater than this country. We're a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that kingdom spreads throughout the whole planet. And you and I have brothers and sisters who woke up today terrified because they believe. And the second thing is I think it's very important for us to realize how blessed we are and to take advantage of the freedom that we have. Not only to be together, but to live out our faith. To live out our faith. And so I just, again, encourage you to pray for those people, to celebrate the freedom that we have, but doggone it, live it out. 
in a way that brings honor to the king. So we've been talking about post-pandemic life, and, and today we're going to move on to um, maybe a little different subject. I'm going to talk about freedom, but I'm going to talk about spiritual freedom. Uh, we're going to move past the, the freedom of our country, and we're going to celebrate that tonight. We're going to see the fireworks. It's going to be a beautiful presentation, whether you do it on per- in person or watch it on TV, or you can just come to our neighborhood, and you can hear fireworks for the next seven days. <laughs> they, they, quit, they quit about 1.30 this morning. And uh, so that's just the way it is. For two weeks, every July 4th, we have two weeks of fireworks. It is fantastic. And um, so anyway, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about, about spiritual freedom. And Paul addresses this very clearly in Romans chapter 6. So I want you to look with me there. And uh, before we jump into the passage, I want to make it clear that both the writer and the recipients of this letter did not have religious freedom. I want you to keep that in mind. It was illegal for them to practice their faith. Right? So, Romans chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 15. And we'll read through verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 15 through 23. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness." I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so Paul uses slavery uh, as, as his illustration, because it was an illustration that they would have fully understood. It was an illustration that made perfect sense to them. And we talk about slavery, and we've read about slavery, but, but we don't understand it in the same sense that, that they did. Okay? There were all kinds of slaves. There were slaves who were born slaves. There, there were people who were captured in war who became slaves. There were people who were slaves because of indebtedness. And to pay off their debt, they chose to become slaves. And so they, they had the different picture, and slavery was a, a part of their culture. It was a part of who they were. It was a part of what they understood. And so I'm going to change the word, and I'm going to use submission. Okay? So we choose to submit to something. And so what Paul says is, is that before Christ, you chose to submit to wickedness. Right, so we go back to verse 17 or verse 18. You've been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness. 
So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness. And what Paul says is before Christ, before Jesus was in your life, you submitted yourself to wickedness. You submitted yourself to that which is wrong, that which leads to eternal death. You submitted yourself to that which was contrary to God and who he wanted you to be. So here's what I want to tell you. Before Christ, we were headed in the direction, and it is very natural for human beings to pursue that which is away from God, to pursue that which is contrary to God's character. It is very natural for us to pursue that which is very self-centered and self-focused. That's who we are as human beings. We pursue that which is best for me. And before Christ, that is a very natural reality. That is what we do. We, we pursue that which is our very best. But, but hear me when I say this, that sometimes we as followers of Jesus fall into that same trap and pursue those things which are contrary to God. I know we're all a bit distracted. I'm sorry. Right? And so we pursue those things that are, that are contrary to God. And sometimes we as followers of Jesus, we, we move into this reality that we pursue the things that God doesn't want us to pursue. And one of the things that I think has become dangerous for us in our country is we have begun to believe this lie that there are three kingdoms. And this comes from a book called The Kingdom Matrix where they taught this, that there are really only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, and we somehow have convinced ourselves that there is a third kingdom, a third reality. And we, we've taught ourselves that, you know what, there's a third way where I can have the best of the, king of, of, of the kingdom of Jesus and the best of the kingdom of darkness, and I can live it all in one new reality in this third kingdom. But there is no third kingdom. There is no third kingdom. There is a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness, and that's it. And so sometimes we as followers of Jesus, we choose to submit ourselves to the kingdom of darkness. Let me explain it this way. And so imagine with me two people. And uh, imagine, and these are imaginary people, I promise. But they are two people that work for the same company. And in the same company, they have the same position. Right? And so they go to the same office, they do the same thing for the same company, and they're both followers of Jesus. One of them, person A, wakes up in the morning and begins the process of thinking of how they can improve their career. What do I have to do today to advance where I'm headed? What do I have to do today to make my life better? What do I have to do today to, who do I have to talk to? Who do I have to interact with? Who do I have to please? Who do I have to make happy so that I can advance my career? And in its worst extreme form, it says, how do I undermine the person above me so that I can get their job? And all the time claiming to be a follower of Jesus. Now consider person B with me. They wake up with the same, the same position in the same company. They get up, and the first thing on their mind is, King Jesus, how can I honor you today? How can I go to this place of employment and represent you? How can I bring you honor today? Bring people into my life. Bring people into my presence. Show me where you're working. Show me how I can join you here. Show me how I can make a difference today. And Father, let my spirit be open to you and to whatever it is you want to accomplish. I'm available. 
And here's the contrast. Both people say they follow Jesus, and both people probably love Jesus at some level. But one has said, I'm going to take Jesus and the best of the world and, and live both of them. And the other says, the reason I go to work is to honor the king. To honor the king. Whatever he wants me to do, whatever he wants to happen, that's who I am, that's who I'm going to be, and so I will say yes to him. One loses their job, and it's great despair. The other loses their job, and there's trust. It says, Lord, I don't like this. I don't want this to be my reality, but I trust you because you've always cared for me. You see, sometimes we as followers of Jesus, we, we allow the flesh, as Paul called it, to creep back in and, and to be what we submit to. And so the reality is, as followers of Jesus, we submit to something every day. As people, we submit to something. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross daily. It wasn't a one-time thing. It was a daily reality. And, and Jesus called us to this, take up your cross and follow me daily. And every day as followers of Jesus, we have to reconnect to him and we have to live for him and choose to do so. Because if we don't, we'll have spiritual creep away from the things of God. And so really there's a couple of kinds of people here First of all, in, in the grand scheme of things, there are those who are not followers of Jesus who live for themselves, which is a very natural thing to do. And we as Christ's followers, as, as Paul said, we, we need to avoid this wickedness. We need to not let that be a part of our journey because the, the path that it goes down is a horrible path. And we need to stay away from it. And so I, I want to challenge you with this question First of a couple of questions today. When you get up in the morning, who do you live for? Do you live for yourself? Do you live for your family? Do you live for your king? See, I, I think we have this idea in our head that because we have the freedom here and, and because we can follow Christ here that we can really just pretend. That's a very dangerous game we play. We pretend. We ask Jesus into our lives and then it's like, okay, I'm going to chase whatever I want and it really doesn't matter because he's going to forgive me anyway. Stop it. He's our king. You see, grace is much more than a prayer. Grace is our whole journey. It's our whole journey. So I, I want to challenge you, and again, it's easy to fall into that trap, but I want to challenge all of us to step back and to honestly say, for whom am I living today? And when I get up tomorrow, who am I going to live for? When I get up Tuesday, who am I going to live for today? take up our cross daily to follow him. Everything we do in word or deed, we do it all for the glory of King Jesus. Every bit of it. And yet somehow we, we have this tendency to let the wickedness slip back in and, and run us. Because something's going to run us. We're going to submit to something. Well, 
Fortunately, the story doesn't stop there. There's a flip side of the coin, if you will, as Paul goes on. Verse 21, what benefit did you reap from that time uh, from the things you are ashamed, now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Paul said, you know what? There's another plan though. You used to be this way before Jesus. Now you're this way. Now he is the center of everything. And he leads you towards righteousness. He leads you towards faith. He leads you towards a, a deeper connection with him. He leads you to where he wants you to be, and he leads you in growth. And, and the word righteousness there is really a, a word for spiritual growth. He leads you towards perfection in him. You see, we've been called to something deeper something greater we've been set free from sin we don't have to go down that road anymore Jesus came and died on the cross and he set us free we don't have to do that we don't have to participate the blood of Jesus the death burial and resurrection of Jesus set us free we don't have to go down that path we choose to sometimes but we don't have to because we've been set free it is the greatest freedom there is. That no longer do I have to give in to that which harms me spiritually. I normally don't like Christian movies. And not because I don't like the message, but because the acting is usually not very good. And so um, The Chosen came out, and so many people said, oh, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. And I was like, oh, man, usually there's one good actor and 47 bad ones, you know. I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And so I'm just going to tell you, as someone who is very skeptical of Christian work, it's really cool. And they do this amazing job of presenting the disciples as real people. And you realize that what the scripture taught is true, that they were really just a bunch of knuckleheads like us. That somehow Jesus transformed them and changed the world through them. And it is, it's, it's the, so I, I encourage you to watch it. But there's one scene I want to share with you today. And, uh, and I hope you'll watch it and see it. Mary Magdalene. Scripture tells us that Jesus delivered her from seven demons that were inside of her. And the story of that is very phenomenal. It's, it's beautiful. But in the story, there's Nicodemus, who is a member of the Sanhedrin, who we see in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus goes and he tries to heal Mary Magdalene before Jesus interacts with her, and nothing works. But later on, he finds out she's been healed. So he thought that he did it, so he wanted to find out, well, what happened? And she said, well, you really had nothing to do with this. And he said, well, who did it? I don't even know his name. But what did he do? I don't have any idea what he did. But here's what I know. I was one way. Then I met him. And now I'm a different way. And you know, that's just the story of the gospel. 
We were one way. Separated from Christ, pursuers of sin, pursuers of the kingdom of darkness, pursuers of that which was best for me without any consideration for anybody else. Then I met Jesus. Now I'm different. And I think like Mary Magdalene in the story, we don't always understand But the truth is, there is this transformational reality that Jesus brings, that we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. And sometimes the grip of sin is so strong in us, and we just think there's there's no way out. But, But Jesus came and provided everything we need to leave sin behind. We've been set free. We've been set free. And I know the world teaches us differently. The world teaches us that we need to live this way or that way because that's what's normal. But please know that the following Jesus normal is different than the rest of the world. And it's okay. It's okay. Because we've been set free. Our reality is now and it's different, and it's okay. So I do want to challenge you today. Man, if, if you are struggling with some sin in your life, please know that the power of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross can set you free. He's that powerful. He's that amazing. But then Paul writes in verse 23, and it's the, the classic verse that we know if you grew up in church learning how to, the the Roman road, you memorize this one. Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, each of us as human beings, we've earned hell. That's really what Paul is saying. We've earned the right to spend eternity separated from God. You see, wages are something you're paid for work that you've done And Paul says the wages for sin, it's eternal death. The price that you pay for sin is separation from God. But the end of the verse is so powerful and so beautiful. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That God saw our state of brokenness. He saw our state of separation. He said, I can't leave them like this. And so Jesus came and did for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. He sacrificed everything so that we could be made whole before God. The wages of sin is is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, I think that's kind of what's hard for us living where we live. Those 340 million people today, they woke up and they had to decide today, yep, I'm willing to die for this. I'm willing to die for it. We don't have to make that decision. So I think it's essential for us to keep in front of ourselves the reality of any sacrifice that I make for the king now doesn't compare to what awaits Oh, there's beauty in following Jesus now. Don't get me wrong. But it is that afterlife reality that one day we will be a part of the new heaven and the new earth that should keep pushing us forward to striving to be 
what he wants us to be. That pushes us to take up our cross daily and follow him. So today, I want to challenge you. Follower of Jesus, who are you living for? When you get up in the morning, who's the day dedicated to? Is it to your purposes or to his? For those of you that are not yet followers of Jesus, I want to tell you, you can be set free today. You can find joy you can find peace like you've never experienced. But what he asks in return is that he becomes the center of your world. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you saw our hopelessness and saw our despair. And you gave the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. And Father, I want to pray if there's anyone here who is your child who is struggling with the clutches of sin, that they've given in to the flesh, Lord, that you would set them free, that they would realize they can run back to you and the grace that you give. They can be yours. And Father, for those who have not yet been redeemed, I pray that today I would find grace, I would find forgiveness, and I would find the hope of eternal life. Experience your presence and your joy in ways they just never imagined. Father, we are grateful not only for our spiritual freedom, but the freedom that we have to come into this place without fear for our lives, without fear of government coming in and arresting us all. So Lord, I, I want to pray for our brothers and sisters in all those places around the world who are struggling so deeply. Father, use their sacrifices Use their lives to make a huge kingdom impact. And Father, specifically, I want to pray for Nepal today. Over 100 pastors died recently because of the COVID virus. Keep them strong, provide new leaders, and do a great work among them. Now, Father, take this time, use it for your honor and glory. And it's in that precious name of Jesus I pray. Amen.
This morning, if you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, but you would like to make that decision, we invite you to do so today. In just a minute, as we sing, we invite you to walk through these doors. Come to the Welcome Center. Let's talk about faith and what it looks like. Maybe you have questions, questions about religion, questions about the Scripture, about Jesus. Come ask. I promise you will not be judged in a negative way by your questions. You do the same thing online. If you want to follow Jesus today, please text us or email us. If you have questions, same thing. And, um, and get your answers. Get your answers. See, questions are just hurdles to truth. And so we want to help move the hurdles out of the way. Maybe you're here or you're watching, you're already a follower of Jesus and God has put on your heart that you need to be officially a part of this community of faith. I invite you to do that. Stop by the Welcome Center after we're done or online again, text or email. Or maybe today, been challenged this week as I have. Sometimes I convince myself there's a different way than the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. It's time to live in the light. I pray that you'll commit yourself to begin afresh the journey of pursuing him. You respond today as we stand and worship together.
thank you for joining us today, Murray Hill. Go out and be safe and enjoy the 4th of July. We'll see you here next week to worship our King together.